I am reading today in Matthew chapter 6, verse 9 through 10. I promise you I've got a word for you that's powerful. If you'll just give me a few minutes, I'll, I'll get it done. But my message today is governmental prayers. It's the last in the series on strategic prayers. In this manner, therefore, pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Then Matthew 8, verse 5. Now when Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him pleading with him, saying, Lord, my servant is lying at home paralyzed, dreadfully tormented. Those last two words let you know this was not just a physical condition. There was a demonic attack that was going on. And as I preached last Sunday, there are some things that happen in our lives that cannot be explained away as just coincidence. Like me getting rear-ended eight times when I'd never had an accident before after I moved to this city. No, there was an assignment, a hit out on me. I mean, anybody else been rear-ended eight times by people doing as many as, as much as 75 miles an hour while you were sitting still when they hit you? Didn't think so. How about five? Nah. It was clear that was an assignment. Then Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. Jesus tells the centurion. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof, but only speak a word. Wow. Tell me the word of God is not powerful. I don't need a half a dozen. I don't even need a whole paragraph. Speak a word. And my servant will be healed. For I also am a man under authority. Then he says, having soldiers under me. And I'll say to this one, go and he goes into another come and he comes into my servant. Do this and he does it. When Jesus heard it, he marveled and said to those who followed, assuredly, I say to you, I've not found such great faith. Not even in Israel. Now that is astonishing. Because remember Israel was the nation that gave us the book. They were the descendants of Abraham. They were a people set apart by God. God had given the Torah, the written word of God. They had given us all of the prophets. And their writings are recorded. And so Israel had all of this to glean from and to learn from. And here is this pagan Roman. Raised probably in Rome. Where there is a pantheon of gods. False gods. And this man comes to Jesus and says. There is something going on in my house. And I realize it is more than just a sickness. My servant is grievously tormented. And I need something. I need help with this. And so Jesus says I will go. And the man said, no, it's not necessary. He said, I'm a man under authority. I have soldiers under me. I simply say to this one, go. And he goes and whatever I tell him to do, they do it. And Jesus marvels and says, I've not found such great faith in all of Israel. Here is a pagan that had never been to Sunday school, never been to a Wednesday night Bible study. But yet he had more faith in the people who had been raised in the house of God. And there was a reason for that and I want to get into it. So Father, would you open your word today? Help us to receive 
and hear a word from God that will transform our lives. And Lord, help us to know how to be people of faith. And everybody shouted and said, Amen. Governmental prayers. Prayer was never intended to be a boring religious exercise. Nor is the purpose of prayer to make us live in hope until either we die or Jesus comes to take us home. Prayer was meant to bring results. It is powerful. It is meant to also help us experience intimacy with God. I'm so glad I learned that last part. Because when I was raised, I didn't know that. As a child, I was raised around people who prayed. I didn't get the intimacy part. But you can't have intimacy without connection and conversation and time spent with one another. And one day, the Lord helped me to understand he was my father. It wasn't just, hey, Mr. God up there, are you listening to this? And it transformed my life. I want to tell you what Jesus said we should pray. We should pray thy kingdom come. But to be able to do that and explain it, I must tell you what governmental prayers are not. They're not political. They're not about politics. Nor is it about praying for our civic governmental leaders, though I believe we should. The Apostle Paul instructs us to. And I want you to know I do pray for our leaders, regardless of who they are, regardless of what party affiliation they're connected to. I pray for them. Why wouldn't I? They govern the country my family and I live in. Why wouldn't I pray that God would bend them to his will and cause them to begin to govern by the principles of his kingdom? Seriously. That's why Paul said we should pray. Amen. But that's not what governmental prayers are. Governmental prayers are praying in the rule or the government of God. Thy kingdom come. It's asking that God would establish his kingdom in the earth and would cause it to be overlaid or superimposed by the governments of men. It doesn't mean that we're trying to unseat or abolish earthly governments. That's not what we're asking for. Again, that would be political and governmental prayers are not political. God would actually like to work through earthly governments if they would only allow him to do so. But instead, they're busy passing laws that are in direct violation so many times of the teachings of the word of God. Governmental prayers are also praying that the ruling principalities of the spirit realm be unseated who wreak havoc and chaos in our broken world and who influence mankind in the absence of the government of God being on earth. I need two people, two guys, if you would come up here just real quick. Danny, if you would come. Anybody else? Yeah, thank you, Brother Quentin, if you would come also. And I want to show you what I mean. Too many times we attack the wrong thing. Both you guys come up here where everybody can see you. And Brother Quentin, you're a big, tall guy. So if you'd stand like this, Danny, I want you to, wait, let's do this. Um, Let's do this. Turn this way, if you would. And I want you to stand in front of him. And now I want you to put your arms around him and hold him. Now watch this because I'm going to show you something. Okay. I want Danny. 
Danny is an incredibly good guy. So is Brother Quentin. So none of these things that I'm about to say, using them to illustrate this, are a reflection of who they are. They're both great men of God. But look, you've got a situation in your life and you've got something going on within your heart. And somebody walks up to you and said, would you stop doing that? Stop it. Now struggle. You're trying, but you can't. I said, stop it. You don't get it right. We're going to have problems. Man, look, why don't you listen to me? He just don't want to. No, the problem is there's somebody that's got him bound. And Jesus said, before you can go into a strong man's house and spoil his goods, you must first bind the strong man in the... Now then the other person can be free. Thank you guys. Excellent. Amen. And so many times we blame people and it's the, 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 the spirits behind the person. Amen. So when we pray governmental prayers, we're praying that the ruling principalities that you can't even see would be unseated. And look at it this way. I'm going to try to go through this really fast. Before man's fall, God ran the entire world. In fact, before the creation of man, he ran the entire universe without a problem. Now, that was a really big task, really huge. Let me show you how big it actually was. From earth, science tells us you can only see about 5,000 stars. If you were to go out in the desert or away from the city light, uh, out in the forest, if there was a, a field, you could stand in and look up. You see these, it looks like the sky's lit up with stars, but actually you only see about 5,000 stars with the naked eye. But just in our galaxy, the Milky Way, there are 400 billion stars, which means that you're only seeing about one out of 80 that is actually in our galaxy. Doesn't even count all the other galaxies that exist. But by building massive telescopes and observatories, astronomers have been able to see much further into the observable universe than we could with just our naked eye. And you know what they found out? They found out that we were only seeing a fraction of what was out there when we saw the Milky Way. They found other galaxies, such as spiral galaxies, that have as many as one trillion stars in them. That's 600 billion more that are in our home galaxy. But giant elliptical galaxies are even larger. They contain as many as 100 trillion stars. Now that's 250 times the size of the Milky Way. And remember, until observatories were built, we didn't even know they were out there. They existed only for the pleasure of God. Imagine that. Once they realized all of this was out there, they wondered what else there might be that we couldn't see. So they built the Hubble telescope and launched it. And it's been going for years and years. That opened up an even bigger world for us. They've now located about 170 billion galaxies. Some of them with trillions of stars. Altogether, they have found about 200 billion trillion stars thus far. If you want to know how much that is, 
Put that up on the screen. That's 200 followed by 000 000 000 000 000 000 000 000 000 000 000 000 000 000 000 000 000 000 000 000 And God ran all of that by himself. And then he created man and put him in charge of one little speck of dust called earth and said, here, implement my rule in this little speck of dust, this planet, the blue planet. And man promptly set about doing the wrong thing. And as a result of that, we haven't done so well with our little corner of the sky. We see crime, pollution, conflict, hate, war, disease, racism, poverty, graft, environmental disasters, corruption, mayhem, and other catastrophes that are literally threatening the existence of mankind on this planet and its future survivability. We need the kingdom to come, Lord. While there's something left to say, You see, the kingdom of God represents a new way of thinking and living based upon the transformation of our hearts. When you get God on the inside, he changes the way you think and the way you look at life. You see, you will be dedicated to something. You'll worship something. You will. You either serve God or you will serve the appetites of the flesh. And when you do, the enemy is ready and willing Right there to take control of those desires of your flesh. And you end up serving the enemy and those things through which he rules. But when you pray for the kingdom of God to come, you're praying that God will capture the hearts of humanity. And that includes the hearts of our leaders. It includes church members. It includes pastors. Worship leaders. Government officials. It includes Putin. It includes Joe Biden. It includes Macron. Trump. Everybody. We need heart transformation. That's the only thing that's going to save the planet. Amen. You can't legislate righteousness on earth. And we keep thinking that you can Pass rules and it will fix everything. Put laws in place. It'll stop all of the problems. Really? Then how did Houston become the number one murder capital in the United States? We got all kind of laws. Father drops his son off and goes to park his car at Chuck E. Cheese's in Humboldt and gets shot and killed. by Somebody driving by. Have you witnessed all of these Things in the news, I'm reading about them on my app, about carjackings and drive-bys and road rage. And you know, there's laws against all of that, but they still keep doing it. Laws don't stop things. They may help and they might keep some of us from doing things that are wrong. But you can't bring about societal transformation through enacting more laws. Any more than the conquistadors when they came into Latin and South America could change the hearts of people by forcing them at the point of a sword to convert to the historical church. You know what they told them? You convert or we'll we'll kill you. And so they said, hmm, okay. So what do I do if I get converted? Well, you're going to pray to all these saints. And they gave them names. 
You know what they did? They just stopped calling their gods, little g, by the names they used to call them by. And they started calling them by the names of the saints. And the priests and the conquistadors said, good job. And they didn't realize these folk were still continuing to pray to their idols. They just renamed them. You didn't know that, did you? That's historical. That's the truth. The kingdom of God represents a new way of thinking. The coming of the kingdom of God would put an end to war, greed, corruption, unfairness, racism, hatred, animosity, crime. We need God to superimpose his government over the hearts of mankind. Just say this very fast. The kingdom of God operates differently than any other form of government. You see, there are very few kingdoms that are real kingdoms left in the world. Oh, there are people that call themselves kings and queens, but they're primarily, and for the most part, they're ceremonial in function. Queen of England, she doesn't make the laws. She's ceremonial in function. There are a few that still remain. King of Saudi Arabia, yeah, he's king. Some others are. But I want you to notice that the kingdom of God is not a democracy. The Bible points that out. You don't get to vote Christ in. You don't get to vote him out. Now under the king eternal is what Paul wrote. He not only ruled before this planet got here, he'll be ruling long after this planet is over. Amen. Now, it's important you understand this because that's what the centurion saw and understood that made him know how to approach Christ effectively. He did not come from a democracy. He came from an empire ruled by Caesar who was king of kings and lord of lords that existed at that time. An emperor was not just a king, he was above others. And his domain was not a kingdom, it was an empire, hence the name Roman Empire. Jesus commented, I've not seen this kind of faith among all the people of the book. And these folk, some of them have memorized the entire Bible, their Bible, From cover to cover. Some of them knew it. Backwards and forwards. Yet they didn't even have the faith this pagan guy did. Who had never read a Bible. And the reason is because he understood when he saw Christ. He watched him work miracles. And he realized I am seeing a power formation here. I'm seeing someone that has more power than anybody I've ever known. Not even Caesar has this kind of power. He can't tell a demonic spirit to leave and it will leave. But this guy right here, oh man, that's some serious stuff going on. And he's got power. So he had been raised in a different kind of political system. If I could have the guys come up that are going to help me right now, I'm going to borrow 13 more guys quickly, quickly, if you can, because I want to show you something. Amen. And so Jesus says, I'll go to your house with you and heal the man. And the guy said, it's not necessary. Speak the word only. Speak a word. That's all you need. I don't need a paragraph. I don't need a book. I don't need a letter. All I need is one word. One word from God will transform your life if you will realize the power that is in that word. Can I hear somebody shout amen? You see, Israel had been raised as a theocracy. Meaning that they started out with God in charge. Then they moved to a monarchy and elected King Saul. And you know the story. And they got in trouble. And the next thing that happens is they've been carried away into captivity. 
because they sinned and dishonored God. Now, uh, my brother, what's your name? Tell me again. Mario. Mario that's right, Mario. Mario, we're going to make you the, the, the head honcho here. You're going to be Caesar, okay? All right? So he, he's a big guy. We're going to make Mario be Caesar. Now then, I want you to count them with me because underneath him to the centurion, there were six levels. So, okay, one, two, three, four, five, six. You're the centurion, okay? All right, here we go. And then underneath them, there were, well, I think there were supposed to be six more. I think we're missing one person. If I could get somebody to help me run up here real quick. Amen. Thank you. And so underneath the centurion, watch this because I'm going to read to you the levels. So you have right up here, you have Caesar. Underneath him, you have the the dukes, the major general. Underneath him, the legatus legions, the brigadier general. Underneath him, you have the tribunus lacticlasius. I think I'm saying that right. And then the perfectus castorium. And then you have the tribuni Augusticlare, And then you have the primus pilus, the captain. Is that six? Yeah, that's, no, it's supposed to be seven. Sorry, you're not, you're not centurion. You're the centurion, okay? Okay. Say, bless the centurion in Jesus' name. Okay. Underneath him, we're supposed to have six. And I'm still missing one. Okay. And so right underneath the centurion. No, wait. This is correct. We're okay. We're good. So right underneath the centurion, we have the primi ordinis. We have the pilus prior. And then you have three lower level officers. The optio, the tessarius. And you have the decurion right here. The decurion, that's where we get our word, decade. It means he was over 10 soldiers. So let, let me explain it like this. You have Caesar, but Caesar doesn't go fight the battle. Caesar's got a bunch of officers under him. And this centurion has been sent to Jerusalem to follow the commands of Caesar that had been passed down through the various generals and so forth, all the way down to Caesar. So when Caesar says... I am a man under authority. He is under authority. He's got all these levels of authority above him. And he looks at Jesus and he sees Jesus casting out demonic spirits and healing the sick. And he's saying, man, he's got some serious authority. Even demons have to obey him. Sickness has to obey him. Even death has to obey him. Cancer's got to obey him. Come on, somebody. Poverty has got to obey him. I'm talking to somebody in this building. You've been struggling, but we're getting ready to identify the source of your breakthrough and help you move into a different level. Hallelujah. So he said, I've got all of these that I'm under, but then underneath me, when they give me a command, I pass it down. And these guys follow and fulfill the commands that have come all the way from the top. He also had the authority invested in him that whatever the assignment was from Caesar, what he needed to do to get it done, he was able to do it. And here's the point. If there was any kickback and somebody said, no, we're not going to obey. 
You're not dealing with this guy right here. You're dealing with him and him and him and him and him and him all the way up to Caesar. Now you get my point? King of kings and Lord of lords. So when the enemy gets out of alignment, it's not that you have the power. It's that he has the power. I need you to, I need you to grasp this. Amen. And as long as you are in alignment with the authority and power that is over you, Satan has no choice. He's got to obey in the same manner. Now suppose brother Richard would say to the centurion, I'm not going to obey you. He's got this one and this one. He's going to obey before it's over with. (laughs) You get my point. And the devil may say, nope, I'm not taking my hand off your family. But if it comes from Caesar, if it comes from the man at the top, if it comes from the king of kings, if you are claiming what God's word has promised you, the enemy has to obey the promises of God. Hallelujah. Oh, I wish I had time to work on this. This is why the enemy likes to cause division in the church. Because if he can get you out of alignment, he can stop the flow of what God's doing in your life. It's why the enemy wants to cause division in your home and in your family. Amen. You see, somewhere underneath this guy right here is cancer. Somewhere underneath him is poverty, the spirit of poverty. And so whenever you take the word of God, And you say, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. I'm claiming the promise of God. I'm declaring I'm blessed. I'm blessed coming in. I'm blessed going out. I'm blessed when I sit down. I'm blessed when I stand up. I'm blessed in the city. I'm blessed in the field. I am blessed. And your circumstances do not reflect that. Everything has to shift to accommodate the alignment that you have come into with God's word. Hallelujah. And if you don't, I'm not just talking about how many guys are up here, 13 or so. I'm not just talking about these guys that you got to deal with. He is King of Kings and Lord of Lords. He is the Lord of hosts. Do you know what the word Lord of hosts means? It means Lord of angel armies. In my devotions this week, I read in Revelation that the number of angels is 10,000 times 10,000 times 1,000 times a thousand. Well, I got my calculator out and I figured up how much it was. It is 100 trillion. That's how many angels are ready to back up the word of God. When you stand on God's word. Now I'm done. There's just this final point I want to show you because it is so important.
Now, centurion, I want you to decide to get out of alignment with Rome and all those over you. Come over here. And then all of you guys, you're under his authority. So he says, we're doing it this way. Guess what just happened? You have just gotten out of alignment with the authority of heaven. Which is why if you want to stop the attack of the enemy, one of the first things you need to do is ask yourself, God, am I in alignment with the word of almighty God? Am I living the principles of your word? Thank you so much, guys. If your family is under attack, bring it back into alignment. Ask God to help you. If your finances are under attack, ask God, God, am I out of alignment somewhere in my life? Is that why I'm not experiencing the fulfillment of the word that comes down from the top? The promises that you made in your word that are forever, forever settled into heaven? Is, is that why? Am I out of alignment? You see... If I can say it like this too, and I want our prayer counselors to please come. This is why to me being connected to a corporate church body is so vital. I'm not out here solo and doing my own thing. I'm connected to the body of Christ because I want to be in alignment where God's authority can flow all the way down from the top and I can experience the benefits of heaven in every aspect of my life. Would you give God a praise right now? Hallelujah. Would you stand with me across the building? Hallelujah. I have just preached a word that will transform your life and help you understand the spiritual dimension. If you will apply this, you will never be the same again. And you know what we're going to do tonight? We're going to shift into alignment. Every head is bowed. I want to see the hands of those that slip up your hand and say, Pastor, pray for me. I'm under attack. Would you do that right now all across the building? I'm under attack. I'm under attack. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Oh, my God. So many hands. I'm under attack. Rather that you in your relationships, your marriage, with your kids, with your with your finances put your hands down just a moment because this has really been burdening me all week how many are under attack in their health could I see your hands uh, how many of you are stressed out to the point you just can't even really think right now there's deliverance in this room today the first thing we do is say, God, if we're out of alignment with any area of your word, if I'm not walking in obedience, God, forgive me. I want to shift into alignment right now. I want to be able to position myself where blessings can flow and come from God. I want to position myself in such a way, Lord, that, that I will have authority to address these issues in my life. I want to be under the authority of the divine ruler of the universe. Just as the centurion was under Caesar. 
Every head still bowed. Could I see the hands of those? You'd slip up your hand and say, pray for me, Pastor. I need Jesus in my life. Raise your hand. God bless you and you and you and you and you. Keep raising them. You keep raising them. You, I see you in the back. I see you. I see you, sir. In the risers, I see you. I see your hands. God bless you. God bless this family. God bless you. Father, I ask you to forgive us of every sin and come into our hearts. Every one of these that raise their hands in prayer, we ask that you would hear the cry of their soul. They want to be connected to God. They want to have peace with God. They want you to be the, the Lord of their lives. And so right now, what I'm asking you, Lord, is cleanse us of our sins. Cleanse us. Wash us with the blood of Jesus. And Lord, today, I declare that I am a child of God. And I declare that from this day forward, I am in your hands and you are my Savior. And I receive you as my Christ and my King in Jesus' name. Let's give everybody that prayed that prayer an applause. Let's party. Come on, somebody party for a moment. Let's worship God. Hallelujah. If you just prayed that prayer, on the screen behind me, there will be a QR code. And if you can capture that QR code with your phone, you'll see three words out beside it. Prayer, salvation, baptism. There's also a phone number. You can text those three words to that number. You need a prayer request. You gave your heart to the Lord. You need to set an appointment for baptism. We would love to see you get baptized. There are three things that I would encourage you to do. Number one, be baptized for the remission of your sins to follow the commands of our Savior. Number two, be filled with the infilling of the Holy Spirit that you may live the Spirit-empowered life. And number three, become a disciple of Jesus Christ and learn the word of God. And to help you do that, you need a church family to connect to. We'd love to have you be a part of our family. We love you so much. I want to see God do things in your life. And you will notice on the screen, they're going to, they're going to put something else up and it's going to say, join. If you will text the word join to that number or capture that QR code, I write a daily devotional, no cost. We're happy to send it to you, but you have to be the one to subscribe to it and just let us know and you'll start receiving that. And you can join with over 2,200 families that have the same devotional every morning. And there's something powerful in that. And now this is what I want us to do. I know because of communion, the service went a little bit over, but it was time we needed communion. Amen. Amen. You know what I want you to do? I want everybody that needs a breakthrough to come forward right now. Just come, if you would, just come forward. I don't care what it, what it's about. Health doesn't matter because we want to pray for you. I want to see God do something in your life. If it's finances, if it's a job, if it's ministry, if it's your personal relationship with God, come on close. Somebody's marriage is in serious trouble. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Come on, come on, come on. I thank you for being patient, waiting just a few minutes longer. Come on. If you need to social distance, then you, you can, of course, remain in your seat or stand in the aisle because, it would, you know, move in a little closer and it might give folk behind you a little bit more space too. 
Oh, God. Beloved, would you lift up your hands with me? Lord, I pray right now. I pray for breakthrough to come in every life that is represented here because I feel somebody in this altar right now. I feel it so strongly. There's someone that feels alienated and alone and who is despairing even of life. And I want to take a moment to address that person because I know when I feel this, I know it's real. Whoever is in this altar that has been contemplating ending their life, don't you dare do it. You're too valuable to God. You, you matter too much to God. You say, but I, I, I don't know which way to go right now. God's going to make it clear. He's going to guide you through this. Right now, it looks like a tangled mess, but you're going to get through it. You're going to get through it. You're going to get through it. Father, I pray for that person and any others who's suffering depression. Let me just ask it that way. Who is dealing with depression? Just raise your hands right now. Anxiety. Look at the hands going up. Don't be ashamed. Don't be afraid to admit that. Father, I'm asking you to let the peace of God that passes all understanding, all understanding come right now. Let somebody who thinks their world is ended know that it hasn't. It's just beginning in the name of Jesus. I pray for somebody else that's seeking direction and the will of God. You're seeking direction about a job transfer. Father, I want you to... I want you to move right now. I want you to give them a clear understanding and illuminate the right path. And as I often pray, God, I want you to slam every door shut that should not be open. Slam them shut. 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 I feel something rising up within me. And I think... I think you're going to relate to this. Remember what the centurion said? He said, I'm a man under authority. So I say to this man, go. And he goes. We're getting ready to send some things the opposite way right now. Okay. I want somebody that's under attack to say to the enemy, go in Jesus name. Go. Go in Jesus name. Go in Jesus' name. Amen. And on the other hand, while we pray for doors to be closed that should not be opened, why don't we pray for doors to be opened that should not be shut? Open doors, God. Open doors. Open doors of opportunity, doors of favor, doors of blessing. Open them, Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus' 